Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. We are now in uh, almost the middle of May and just chugging along uh, in quarantine and the corona. I, I guess some of you, depending on where you live, it's opening up and slowly but surely. I, I guess I, it's hard to even say getting back to normal. I mean, you got to wear a mask in a store. It's not exactly normal, but we will keep talking about football and try to keep it normal. And luckily... You know, as it feels like, and I'm going to talk about off the top, some of baseball and basketball's issues for trying to get back up and running is probably unlikely for the NFL, and there's a key reason why. Booger and Tess, I know the Monday Night Football broadcast is something we've talked a lot about on the show the last couple years, became official, I think, last Friday, maybe it was Saturday, all days run together now. They won't be returning, uh, and I have, I have I have a thought on that. And then one one thing I did, like I mean, a lot of sports fans. I mean, they're I think they're averaging a little under six million people. The MJ doc on Sunday, another seven and eight were fantastic. What I did is in my lifetime, I wrote the five MJ level docs I'd want on NFL teams or NFL, you know, like the dynasties. And I also picked a couple college teams. So basically, the documentaries I'd want to see based on these certain teams and, and kind of their eras. And of course, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle, also my Twitter handle. DMs wide open, slide right in there, ask questions, 
as we get here into uh, with no off- OTAs, nothing really going on, I'm going to need you guys. So fire in there, wide open, hit me up, any ideas you got, open to anything, obviously any questions. And then, of course, if you guys listen on Apple or iTunes, if you go to the 3 and Out podcast, leave a review. A lot of you guys have leaved, left a review. Last time I checked, we had like 950 trying to get to that four-figure mark. If you like the show, leave a little five stars. And if you hate it, leave many stars you want. But let's start with this. Major League Baseball and the NBA are having a lot of issues right now. I don't know if you've followed. There's been a lot of articles written from Woj and Ken Rosenthal. And they're just trying to get some parameters back so they can attempt whenever the time is safe or they're allowed to get the wheels in motion and coming back and getting a lot of pushback from the unions. And it's becoming a financial issue. It, it is not, they're not having issues over the corona right now. They're having issues, well, the NBA is a little bit. Baseball right now is going back and forth over revenue sharing and, and money. And it got me thinking, like, when times are really bad, when you get kind of fat and happy with something, you're not used to taking pay cuts. It's one thing if you own a business or run a business, you ebb and flow and you see money come in and you get things that happen and you pay out. You have huge liabilities. Well, the great thing, unlike the NFL, the Major League Baseball players and the NBA uh, basketball players, the moment their contract is signed, they have zero liability. None. You can break an ankle, you can throw at your arm, and you still get every penny. Think about this. We've all read these stories. You know, like when a big, famous, you know, Chris and Cavallari and Jay Cutler just got divorced. Now they're, I guess they haven't officially got divorced. They filed for a divorce. But we've seen historically some professional athletes and just famous actors, Tiger Woods, whoever, go through these public divorces where they pay these numbers and you're like, he has to pay her $150,000 a month in alimony, separate from child support, just an alimony, because she's used to a certain lifestyle. And this goes both ways. I mean, this could happen with a girl paying a guy too. I'm just using the examples that I can think of. And you're just like, oh my God. And then you read about it and she was like, well, I'm used to getting this much money. Even though she was a stay-at-home mom and just watched the kids. I've always thought it's kind of crazy, but the law's the law. Even though a divorce, crazy time, ideally no one wants to get a divorce, and when they happen and you have a lot of money, they usually become very expensive, and they usually become very, very ugly because nobody ever wants to take a haircut because on both sides, they become fat and happy if you have a lot of money. They, they become a little less problematic when there's less money at stake, but you could argue money's all relative, it becomes an issue. Well, right now you're seeing the baseball players who are not used to taking a haircut. Neither are basketball players. Because the moment their contract is... If I sign a five-year deal in basketball or baseball at $20 million a pop, so five years, $100 million, under no circumstances, whether I rip up my knee, whether I start sucking, whether I'm just half as good, it's irrelevant. I'm getting every penny. Well, we see it every year in the NFL... When these contracts are signed, two years later, the contracts are relevant. It's like, oh, God, if this guy doesn't pick up his play, he might get cut. And the players know it. It's why there's an intensity and an edge to every game. It's something that's really, as you see in the MJ doc, you're like, God, the 90s basketball looks nothing like now. Guys actually tried. Guys actually played every night. Because there was an element of like, God, I'll get I'll get cut. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I'm not making astronomical amount of money. Well, when you start, and the NBA is having issues right now, the players are like, yeah, we don't really feel like coming back. Yeah, 
we feel like they're kind of pressuring us to work out. It's like, bro, I mean, just go work out by yourself in the team facility. The season might come back. Be, be ready. We pay you $20 million. We just want you to stay in shape. Oh, you know, tell Chris Paul to tell Adam Silver we don't want to do that. And they have leverage because they're so rich. It doesn't matter. The average NBA salary is $7 million. Where if the NFL, if they opened up the facilities, and they're lucky, they've been able to avoid all this because their season has not taken place. But if they got to a point where, you know, we're going to be able to play, it's only going to be 60% of the revenue we usually usually produce because we won't have fans, we have to take these haircuts because of these sponsors are pulling out, the players would immediately say, yes, so we'll only make 60% of what we usually make. Because again, no one's lying here. We're... Everyone in my business, I'm sure everyone listening, we've all taken either haircuts or had to move money around or lost business or had deals that got pushed back that who knows if they actually come to fruition at the end of the year. Welcome to the pandemic. And baseball and basketball on the owner and team side are having a hard time, you know, just getting something going because their players are kind of fat and happy. They don't need to do anything. They're all rich. The average salary in the NBA is $7 million. We're in the NFL. You have a lot of guys making money, but they all know they have huge liability because every single year, the majority of contracts, if you have a major injury, they will cut you at the end of the season. And you might not be able to get another one. So just because you have some quote-unquote four-year, $15 million a year, $60 million contract, we all know, well, there's actually only $17 million of it guaranteed. So there is an incentive whenever the NFL, and again, this is all based on if people can be healthy and they can play, which it feels like we're headed that way. We might have to do, you know, fanless events as you guys, I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but watched a lot of UFC that was on ESPN on Saturday. And it was pretty cool. You know, you, you felt like you were there. You could hear the punches. It, it was just, uh, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was like quiet, but it was, la- it was, it was a powerful event just to watch. Now, would, would these other major sports, it'd be a little different because the one thing, the octagon is relatively small. So it's one thing to be on a, you know, a, a Dodger Stadium with no fans there. Or, I don't know, the NBA could probably play in practice arenas. In football, it would look like, uh, you know, a scrimmage, but guys would be playing full go. But it, it would definitely feel a little different. But we got to adapt. And no one is going to feel bad for the basketball or baseball players because right now the baseball players are bitching. Unlike basketball and football, where there is revenue sharing. That's what. That's why the salary cap exists. The salary cap is based on how much money the league makes, and then it gets split up throughout the players. Where in baseball, there is no revenue sharing. But there's also no salary cap. It's why you want to go to the good teams, because they pay all the money, or the, the high-value you know, high teams, like the Yankees, Red Sox, Giants, whatever. They pay huge money. Teams like the A's and Tampa don't have to pay anything. But all these players that are under these huge contracts, even if you're not under a Bryce Harper contract, what if you're under a $30 million contract? Three years, $30 million. You want, they want to have a prorated salary. And baseball right now is saying, we need to do a revenue sharing this year because of the corona. Because our revenue is destroyed, because a big part of baseball revenue is based on fan attendance, which the NFL is actually the opposite. It's based on more media than fan attendance. Though... You can make a lot of money from your fan attendance, especially if you have new stadiums. Like, I know the 49ers make huge money with the sweet sales. It's the biggest reason why the Raiders and Rams and all these teams want to get new stadiums because you make so much money off sweet sales. You make so much money off even things like, uh, 
you know, Bud Light. Think about every NFL stadium or every college stadium has Bud Light or Coors Light or whatever. Those people are paying huge amounts of money for that signage. So as I was talking to someone in the NFL, I was like, well, what happens if there are no fans? Because Bud Light's paying you $8 million a year to be at Levi's or be at SoFi or be at AT&T or whatever stadium. They're like, well, there's no fans in the stadium. We're not paying that. And they're like, yeah, everything's negotiable. This is all uncharted territory. And as you can see, baseball and basketball are having a, a, a lot of trouble because they're, those players' unions aren't just powerful. They just don't necessarily need the sport if it's going to go away the rest of the year. They can handle it. Where in football, they're used to the mindset. They don't have guaranteed contracts. They don't have set roster spots. I mean, if you're like a seven-year guy, Pro Bowl, Larry Warford, who had made three straight Pro Bowls, was just cut by the New Orleans Saints. That happened over the weekend. Cut. Dude had been making Pro Bowls. See ya. Goodbye. Adios. To save some money. I mean, the NFL relates to normal workplace. Just like us. Now, it's on a, it's on a lot higher scale. But things are always changing. Uh, they're basically the players are, while they're under contract, the majority of them are not that much different than at-will employees because at any moment they can be have that contract ripped up. So it's really why, it makes sense why the league resonates so much. There's so much incentive to work hard because if you don't, you just will get replaced. And really the only quote-unquote scholarships there ever are is when you overpay for a player and he turns out to not be good and you have to keep maybe one year longer than you want to or when you miss on a draft pick. Right, and you're not going to cut the guy after two years if he sucks, like a first rounder. You give him that extra year, maybe four years. But in base, think how many scholarships there are in basketball and baseball. You're like, oh my god, I would cut this guy. I'd, I'd give anything to be able to cut this player, but you can't. And you're like, I got four more years with him. Then you start trading him as just an expiring contract or a money filler, and it just it's a business model that while when things are good. As, you know, for the most part, right, unless we're in a recession, times are pretty good. And you always say that, you always hear this. Professional sports, or everything is, certain things are recession-proof. Like, who would have ever thought that casinos wouldn't be recession-proof? Think about that. They they literally are the worst possible thing for a pandemic, right? You got to shut down business and hotels. Like, there's literally no way to make money. Think about Disney. Their entire business model was like cruise ships, sports, and amusement parks. I would have been like, ah, oh, Disney, we hit a recession. They'll be fine. They're losing $30 million a day. And when you're in bed with these huge unions, and you need them, I mean, they have the players, but it's become a very, very difficult proposition. It's all, it's all to money. It's all because of cash. And both sides, and you hear this often so many times, like owners are greedy, and humans are we're all inherently a little greedy. We all think about ourselves first. But when you read these comments like the NBA made, their union rep uh, made about playing in a bubble, that we would be like prisoners with armed guards. I mean, that, that's that's an embarrassing comment. When you read baseball players talking about how we will not play for a revenue share, we will only do prorated salaries, uh, it's like, guys, are, are you living under a rock? I mean, it's... it's Get with the real world. In football, I just don't imagine us having these issues because the nature of the business setup is always pretty volatile. Now, and even on the the the, uh, the owner side this year, I mean, they're going to take massive hits if they don't, uh, you know, get to have suites and they got to give money back for, what if I'm paying $25 million a year for naming rights? 
am I, do I have to pay the same thing when I'm going to get no home games? Or, I mean, no, no fans there? Now, you could argue you're still going to talk about the stadium a lot if the games are being played, but these things are all under consideration. These are uncharted waters. And sometimes in uncharted waters, you got to be able to just, you know, hit some waves and just hold on for dear life. It's literally what we're all doing. Whether you run a professional sports league, whether you run a podcast, whether you run a printer shop, this is everyone's getting hit. Maybe beside like Bezos, and even he's getting sued for trying to force his workers to work. It's crazy times. So I, I feel zero sympathy for these players bitching and moaning. And, and I look forward to if these if these leagues can't figure it out, this is a chance for the NFL. I mean, they're they've already separated, but to be in a different world. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, You want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor? Full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. 
So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's, uh, let's dive into Monday Night Football. And some news broke Friday afternoon or over the weekend that Booger McFarlane and Joe Tessitore will not be back. And I want to state something. I had been hard over the last couple of years on the broadcast. Start with Jason Witten. I've heard him interviewed countless times. Uh, I heard him on a podcast. He's a really, really high-level guy. Good guy. Uh, very good player. Had a hell of a career. Hall of Fame, I, I'd have to dive into that. Maybe not quite a Hall of Famer. We could argue that. Really, really good player. Great career. I think he'd make a great GM one day. Not everyone's made for the media. His personality did not fit. And it was just, just not a good fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's certain things we're all not good at. And we could be excellent at something else. No ill will toward the guy. But then they doubled down. And they put tests toward Booger. And let me say this on Booger. I heard him on Rosillo's podcast. I watched him for a long time. I've always been a big SEC Network guy. He's really good on the SEC. He's passionate about it. He knows the players. Actually thought on the draft. Wasn't bad either. I think he has good... He's solid in a specific role. Not everyone is meant to call games. And Joe Tessitore is good for fights, and he's good for, like, college football when he can hype it up. Wasn't good for the NFL. I think these guys, I don't know any of them personally. I I know, having listened to a lot of Booger and Jason Witten, seem like really high character, good people. So sometimes, you know, this job, you got to be critical of people. Bad announcers. Awful. And it's Monday Night Football. We all have higher standards. It was terrible. One thing, though, I was thinking about this weekend. In football, right, if you're a general manager and you have several bad drafts, I guess unless you're David Caldwell, and several bad signings, you get fired, right? Trent Baalke had several bad drafts, several bad signings. Jed York fires him. Uh, McCagnan was ruining the Jets. Fired. That's, that's usually the way it works. You can think of countless examples. You know, GMs actually don't get fired that often, but once you make bad moves, it's really bad. Now, when you start a new channel or, you know, new radio station, it might take you some time. Like, look at Fox Sports 1. It took them some time to figure out who they wanted where. First couple years, they had those dudes from Canada. They're gone. Tried some different things, some different shows. Ultimately, you got Colin, you got Skip and Shannon, you got the gambling show. It kind of works, right? You got all your your inventory of games non-pandemic, you can set up your lineup. It's sweet, but it takes some time. Starting a new channel from scratch, it's not easy. ESPN 
has been in this sector forever. They were literally the first. They have been hosting games since what? Whenever the thing started in 1979 for cable networks. They've had Monday Night Football now for a long period of time. But they've had NFL games forever. Part of being an exec in television, whether it's at CBS, ESPN, Fox, whatever, like it's on you to pick the talent. Like It's your job. Now, it's easy when a guy like John Madden or John Gruden or Troy Aikman, if they become a free agent, Tony Romo became a free agent. It was, it was everyone and their mother could be like, yeah, Tony Romo's good. right? If I needed a golf announcer, I'll get Jim Nance. Easy. Actually took some balls to have Joe Buck do it. Joe Buck's turned out to be pretty good. I'll get Fox. Fox usually does some bold shit, and it tends to work. Put Joe Buck on the U.S. Open the last couple of years for golf, he's been good. You're not going to bat 1,000. Sometimes it's not going to work. You know, I mean, it was easy for Fox, in theory, right, to Colin Coward became available. You'd be crazy not to sign him. Signed him, changed, you know, the, the station, the channel. Well, when you have Monday Night Football, and you're trying to replace John Gruden, whoever, and I don't know who this is, and I don't even know why I'm going to waste too much time talking about this, but it's kind of crazy the talent, like we're going to blame Booger, and blame Tess, and even blame Witten. Is it any of their faults? Is it Jason Witten's fault that he retired and they're like, you want to call Monday Night Football? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And they're like, Booger, who'd been working at the SEC Network, they're like, hey, man, we're going to build you this little mobile. It's like a scissor lift, and it's going to drive you around the sidelines, and you're just going to chime in and say funny stuff and just say what you see. What's he supposed to say, no? Of course he's going to say yes. Joe Tessitore, who was doing games when I worked at Fresno State, he was doing like Fresno State, Nevada. You think he's going to be like, yeah, you know, I'll just stay with uh, – you know, doing Oklahoma State, Missouri. That's, that's, that's more fun. I don't blame any of those guys for saying yes. Just like when you take the wrong player with the seventh overall pick, what's the player supposed to do? You know, I, I'm not going to report I should have been a fourth-round player. Like, you know, if Cleveland Farrell, when Mike Mayock and Gruden picked him, picked up the phone and was like, you know, Coach, I wouldn't pick me here. I, I, I probably belong, you know, somewhere between 35 and 50 in that range of the draft. Uh, I'll never live up to what you're going to pay me in the fourth overall pick. So if you know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a heads up. I would change the pick right now. That, that's not the way it works. Someone offers you a sweet job, you usually take it. So I don't blame any of these guys for taking the job. It was a disaster, right? It was just really bad. It, it wasn't good. But it's not always like, is it their fault or is it someone? At, like, why does more people ESPN? Not that this would be public. We wouldn't even know who these people are. But the people that should be blamed for this are the people that pick them to take this job, whoever those people were in ESPN. Because it was not Booger McFarland's fault. I've seen him enough on the SEC Network and with the NFL Draft. Like He's a capable broadcaster. Should he have been put on Monday Night Football? Of course not. When you take these guys, I'll give Greg Olson credit, he's now been repping. When you talk for a living or do media stuff, everyone thinks like, oh, I could do that. I used to think that all the time. Growing up forever, listening to like Jim Rome, or I used to love, I, you know, I don't know if you guys remember the show, Loveline, Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew, and Adam was just so funny. And it's like, I, I could do that. And you realize, yeah, Adam Carolla is like one of the biggest podcasts going right now. He like, he, he's been a huge star forever, right? Or ever, people probably watch Joe Rogan and be like, I could be like Joe Rogan, or I could be like Colin Coward. No, no, you couldn't. <laughs> no, you couldn't. Because one, it would be impossible just to start from scratch. And two, it takes forever to, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. There's a reason when Michael Jordan was getting ready to go back to the NBA, 
he built a little bubble when he was shooting uh, Space Jam and had all those guys play him. He needed to get his reps back. And he had already had 15 years of reps from North Carolina and the NBA. This stuff's very, very difficult. Broadcasting is no different. Broadcasting is very, very hard. For someone that just, I just give my takes and my opinions, and I guess I've had some success because I really don't give a shit. I'm not afraid to say what I think you all are thinking. Where a lot of people in the media are kind of scared, you know, to put their opinion out there. Uh, or just really take a stand. And I don't just take random stands. I'm not, I'm not trying to take a stand just to say I take a stand. If I say it, I believe it. But I had to become comfortable at doing that. And the more I do it, the more comfortable I'm at it. And also, the more that I watch, the more comfortable I am taking a stand on something. Well, when you put these guys in a booth that have never really been in a booth, especially Jason Witten, like, what do you think was going to happen? Like, Greg Olson, whenever he does retire and he does games for Fox, will probably be pretty good. Why? Because he's had like three or four years to practice. He has done games. He's felt what it's like to call a game, to prep for a game. You know what is different than calling a game? Playing in the game. That's why when you hear sometimes players talk about the draft, like, I, I, I'm sorry, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. One, because it's not like they've ever been to a draft meeting. They've never seen a meeting with the coaches beside on hard knocks back in the day of what it's like to rank players, of what it's like to talk through players. They just haven't seen that. It's why when you see them go from playing like an Elway or a John Lynch, like you, you put a microphone in front of John Lynch right now, there is literally not a subject he couldn't talk about when it comes to football. That's why if John Lynch ever got fired or quit, he would be so much more valuable in the broadcast booth. Same for Mike Mayock. I've played, I've coached, or I haven't co- I've been a GM, I've seen it all. I've been around the players on both sides. And when you just throw a guy, like you, you wouldn't just put a guy, you just, you know, the first time ever playing golf in a tournament. It, it's really unfair. I, I don't remember this, but I guess you, I've heard the stories about Troy Aikman started in NFL Europe. Like you get, same with Chris Collinsworth. It takes time. You know, I, I would say that Gruden is kind of an outlier. And he, it's pretty clear he's just a unique all-time personality. So ESPN, really, I, you know, and I, I've probably talked some shit about Booger and, and Tess definitely last year because it was a bad broadcast. But now that we, I, I, I don't think, like, I, I like Booger, actually. I, I do. Uh, I think he's a good guy. I actually think he knows his stuff in the SEC. I don't blame him for being bad at the job. I blame ESPN. They should be ashamed, embarrassed, and they probably don't even get as enough heat because the heat is directed at the talent when the heat should be directed at the you know the company and whoever the middle manager is that put them in this position because if it was a coach or a GM that had staked their career on like a player like someone I don't know if he stuck his career because I doubt he did but whoever's idea was this it was should probably pick a new industry moving forward okay Because of the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, which I think we can kind of universally agree, has been fantastic. It has been awesome. Michael, Phil, Scotty, Jerry Krause, Dennis Rodman, from Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird, Magic, talking shit about Gary Payton and Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, the whole thing. It's been box office. Been fantastic. Average like 6 million viewers an episode. Lived up to the hype. So what I thought I'd do is I pick five teams in my lifetime. I was born in the 80s, so 80s and to where we're at present day, that I would like a documentary on after 30 for 30 style, MJ Doc, whatever, 
that I think could be a fantastic 10-part documentary. 10. And clearly there would be, you know, anything Vince Lombardi, you know, if you did before my lifetime would be awesome. The Al Davis, John Madden, 70s Raiders would be elite. The Steel Curtain Steelers would be awesome. Stallback Cowboys. You'd have options in the 60s. Bear Bryant. You'd have a lot of football options. I did college and pro. Number one's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. The Pats. Brady, Belichick, six Super Bowls, nine appearances, the undefeated season, Deflategate, Spygate, suspensions, trades, retirements, you name it, we've seen it all. Seen it all. They are they are Michael Jordan of the NFL, right? Belichick is Phil. Tom is crazy-ass Michael. They are the Chicago Bulls of the NFL. And like the Chicago Bulls, who won multiple, had multiple three-peats, I guess the only other three-peat has been Shaq and Kobe, like three-peats just don't happen. Hell, the Warriors, you know, had an unreal five-year run and didn't get a three-peat. Won three in five years. It's hard to do. Miami Heat, I mean, LeBron won two and four. It's just, we might never see a three-peat again. I mean, think how difficult it was back in the early 2000s with Shaq and Kobe. It's probably never going to happen. In the NFL, I don't think we'll ever see a a team win six Super Bowls in nine years. Or, excuse me, six Super Bowls in 19 years. I I, I don't see that happening. Uh, So that's the easy number one overall. Number two was a little tough. I could have gone two different directions. And I almost chose the Eddie DeBartolo 49ers. People are like, middle coffee, you're biased. I went with the 90s Cowboys. Because like the, like the Bulls documentary and like the Patriots, there is a lot of drama there. You know, you have polarizing front men. Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones. You have countless crazy things going off the field. The White House, cocaine, drugs. <clears throat> you also have championships. You have three championships in four years. You have free agency, trades, Deion Sanders, Charles Haley, just huge moves on top of Hall of Fame players, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. It'd just be box office. A little shorter, but given it's the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and Jimmy Jones, I think it would be fantastic. It's kind of like, it'd be a little playmakers-ish. Like, I don't know if the Pats would be as crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know if the Pats would have a huge drug element. The Cowboys would. <laughs> when, you, when I think 90s Cowboys... I think championships and cocaine. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. So I, I, I think the, Cowboys, the 90s Cowboys, really the early 90s Cowboys, 92, 93, 94, 95, that little run would be absolute box office. Three, I went Eddie DeBartolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, there are kind of multiple iterations over the Eddie run. Hires Bill Walsh, wins the Super Bowls with Montana, the Steve Young element, obviously Walsh, was kind of, would be awesome behind the scenes. Eddie DeBartolo, a little like Jerry Jones before Jerry Jones. Kind of this crazy little Italian, born into wealth. Like his dad had a lot of money, bought the team for not that much, turned it into a dynasty, was buying players left and right before free agency. Then the George Seifert, Steve Young era, they ended up getting rid of Steve Young. Uh, Eddie DeBartolo tried to pay off uh, assemblyman or senator or whatever it was in Louisiana to get access to a uh, to a casino was the feds were involved was kicked out of the league. I don't know if it quite have the juice of the Cowboys, but in terms of football documentary porn, it would be up there. Montana, Young, Rice, Ronnie Lott, it would be sweet. 
it, it would be real. It, it'd probably be a little deeper into the football, where the Cowboys and the Pats would be a little more like the Jordan Doc and a lot of drama. Now, not saying there wouldn't be drama with the Niners. Bill Walsh quit. You know, Bill Walsh, we act like he coached for like 25 years. He was an assistant coach for a long time. He was not a head coach for very long. Pretty sure it was 79 to 88. It was kind of a short run. And he almost quit multiple times because him and uh, Eddie were always buttonheads. I think the Steve Young, Joe Montana stuff would be crazy if we had inside access and, and cameras behind that. But I think that would be elite football content. The drama, though I've heard stories, some of the Niners used to get in trouble and get off. I mean, it was it was a little like the Wild Wild West around here, too, with the 49ers. But I don't think it would be quite as crazy. Uh, now, you're asking the wrong guy. I'd watch anything. The USC Trojans, number four, Pete Carroll. The USC Trojans in the mid-2000s were basically like an NFL team. You had championships, you had Heismans, you had agents, you had women, and you had money. You had now vacated basically everything that happened under that time because it was so crazy. And USC and the Pac-12 and the West Coast football had somewhat been dead. And they threw their hat in the ring. Ohio State, the U, Florida State, Michigan. It had felt like we had fallen behind out here. And Pete Carroll, remember, was not their first choice. I don't even think he was their second choice. Kind of lucked in to get in the job. He flipped a switch and pushed the envelope, quote-unquote, maybe cheated a little bit. Again, I'm pro-cheating in college. Everyone worth their salt is doing it. And started kicking everyone's ass. And I mean everyone's ass. By the time they lost to Texas, his roster was so stacked with players, it was stupid. He had really had that thing humming by that third year when they ended up losing. But even as time went on, they never, they always slipped up once in a year. But they would have teams that would have so much NFL talent on it, it was stupid. I mean, one year their linebacking core was like Clay Matthews, Brian Cushing, and Ray Maluga. Every dude was drafted in the top 35. Their linebacking core. I'm not talking like three guys on their defense went high. I'm talking about their linebacking core, right? His teams, we don't have anything out west that even looks like that now. It was just, maybe I'm a little biased on this one, but it felt like, I'm an SEC guy, and my next team will be from the SEC. They felt like an NFL team. I mean, there were stories. I remember one year when the Niners had the number one overall pick. I'm pretty sure this was a national story. The conversation was like, could the USC Trojans beat the San Francisco 49ers? Think about saying that out loud right now. I mean, you probably have two guys on the USC Trojans that would make the Niners right now. That was a conversation. I was in college when that conversation happened. And whether you agree or disagree, my answer is pretty clear. Yeah, I'd probably take the Trojans. And I felt pretty good about it. I was like, yeah, I'd take the Trojans. You know, now, in fairness, the Niners were an embarrassment. They, they, this has been the transition from the DeBartolos to the Yorks. And, and Pete's team was just, it was like a traveling circus. They really were, I, we, we won't ever see anything quite like that again. At, at least out in the Pac-12. The Florida Gators, led by Urban Meyer. People act, you know, like the SEC's been kicking everyone's ass for a long time. I'm going to push back a little bit. Now, most of my life, they've had a really good team or two. You know, like when I was probably in junior high, Spurrier had that thing rolling. They were kicking everyone's butt. Uh, Fulmer with Tennessee. But what they have now with like four or five teams that could legitimately win the national championship and are just producing all the NFL players feels a little different than it was probably in the mid-2000s. 
when Urban Meyer left Utah and went to Florida, he upped the game. And I think like Pete Carroll upping the game out west and bringing in Harbaugh, bringing in Chip Kelly, Chris Peterson, and just David Shaw, you know, it, it just made it kind of raise the bar. I think Urban Meyer set the bar in the SEC. And the conference owes him a huge debt of gratitude. Now, his team, and the team I'm talking about, you could argue might be as equally as entertaining as the USC Trojans. They won rings. They had a murderer on their team. They had Tim Tebow on their team. I mean, they had guys from Percy Harvin to Ray McDonald. I mean, basically got kicked out of the league to just good players, right? Uh... Like, uh, I can't, I mean, they, they have so many pros, the Pouncey brothers, the amount of star players that went through Florida on Urban Meyer's watch is staggering, just like he did with Ohio State. I mean, just producing pro after pro after pro after pro. Now, Tebow was probably the most polarizing one, and, you know, forever he became like the the standard of what to talk about, but their teams were pretty unreal. And remember, I think that kind of forced Alabama's hand to get Nick Saban, and then Nick Saban took it to another level, and then every SEC conference you know, program has followed suit. But that team with Urban Meyer for those two or three years, the cheating going on there, uh, the stuff off the field going on there, the winning on the field, the domination on the field, say what you want. I mean, Aaron Hernandez is dead now, and he murdered people, and he's just a total scumbag. He was an elite player. I mean, an elite player. And that's at every position they had guys like him. It, it was not a fair fight. They had dudes, and I mean dudes everywhere. And uh, I think, so I, I went Pats, one, 90s Cowboys, two, Eddie DeBartolo, 49ers, kind of encompasses 20 years, Pete Carroll, USC Trojans, mid-2000s, and the Urban Meyer Florida Gators is my top five documentaries that I'd like to see in football. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online 
and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, let's hit up Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff. Instagram, DMs, wide open. And uh, slide up in them. Same as my uh, Twitter handle, my name. Considering the high bust rate or lack of top performers of first-round quarterback picks, why don't more teams trade down and fulfill multiple spots or take a stud at a position where you can have multiple guys in the case they aren't elite? Since you can only have one quarterback, there's no room for error at that position, whereas even Clowney, who doesn't live up to the hype but is still a productive player, especially now, fill out the roster, plug in a quarterback like Cousins, Tyrod Taylor, Bridgewater, I don't get why teams keep rolling the dice on high picks at quarterback that hit or miss. Just check the last 20 years of first-round quarterbacks. Most made no impact. Great question. It's why, why does anyone bet parlays, right? Why have I invested in some kind of low-money marijuana stocks right now? Hoping to hit it big, you know, because if you hit it big on quarterback, it changes your franchise. Why did the 
Andy Reid and the Chiefs and Veach trade up to get Mahomes? Why did the Texans trade up to get uh, Deshaun Watson? Why did the Jets trade up to get, they didn't know at the time, but they ended up getting Sam Darnold, or the Bills trade up to get Josh Allen, or the Eagles to get Carson Wentz? Because if you hit, even before you know what the guy's going to look like, you're hoping to get a star. And if you have a star quarterback, you have a good team. It's really that simple. Name me NFL teams that have star quarterbacks and aren't good. doesn't happen. I mean, if you have a star quarterback who is a legit player, you're going to always be good. I'm with you. I, I think some when you trade up for non-star guys or guys that don't have star attributes, I think that's where you get in trouble. But I, I'll never fault a team for going on in the quarterback because the quarterback is more important than being deep other places. Because if you're deep other places and your quarterback's average, like the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to kick your ass in the playoffs. I just am. Now, just because you have a stud quarterback like Deshaun Watson doesn't mean you're going to win in the playoffs. Chiefs beat them. You know, look at the t- Titans. They had a good team. They got they got beat. Star quarterbacks tend to win more big games than non-star quarterbacks. So I, it's really that simple. That when you do hit on the guy, it's why does everyone go star chasing in basketball? Because if I get Steph Curry or I get Giannis or I get James Harden, I'm always going to be good. You know, and I, I think... Star quarterbacks are a lot like star NBA players. They, they change your franchise. Now, when you miss because they cost so much to attain, right, whether you trade up to get them, whether you sign them as a free agent, it, it could be pretty devastating. Let's talk Gators next year. They played LSU as good as anybody, minus Bama and Clemson, and have been on the rise since Mullen got there. I don't think there are many players, there are many people's radar, but Trask coming in midseason last year was such a big improvement after Franks went down. He looks good. If he improves half as much as Burrow did in 18 and 19, I really think they got a shot at the SEC. Check out Pitts, too. Dude balls. First-round talent for sure. So thoughts on the Gators? Full disclosure, I'm a homer, Gainesville resident, but actually seeing our offense improve with Trask last year was such a treat after years of scraping by wins in the East with the shittiest offense you've ever seen in your life. We objectively looked better or pretty good last year with Trask. Really hoping we play, want to see what the young man can do. I don't know if you guys, if you have it during quarantine, uh, last year, Hard Knocks did four college programs. They did Florida with Mullen. They did Penn State with James Franklin. They did uh, Mike Leach and Texas Tech. And they did one other school that I can't remember now. But I watched the Florida. And my takeaway was, Mullen's a really good coach. And I I was watching some of the Alex Smith E60, and they were doing things when Urban Meyer showed up at Utah. He didn't think Alex Smith was that good. Changed his career around. He became an All-American and went number one overall. Who was his offensive coordinator? Mullen. Who went with him to Florida the first time? Mullen. Who won at Mississippi State? Mullen. I think Mullen's big time. I think Mullen, X's and O's wise, is better than Kirby Smart. Now, I think Kirby Smart is a big time recruiter. And I think he's a good rah-rah leader type. You know, he's like a poor man Saban. But even Saban's an elite X in those guys. That's I, I'm not even going to put in the same breath as Saban. But I, I think Mullen has a chance. Like, Eddie O, he's a leader. I think Eddie O is a better version of what Kirby Smart is. I think Jimbo Fisher, you know, is a good X's and O's scheme guy. Just like uh, Gus Malzahn. I think Mullen could be that. And you're going to get elite talent at Florida. I, I can't pretend to know their roster inside it out. But I'm with you. When I've watched them... Last year, they really made strides. I think the East is becoming a lot better. Obviously, the West had 11 first-rounders this year, 
Well, the East, Tennessee's on the come. I've been getting, just seeing on Twitter, they're landing all these five-star recruits. Jeremy Pruitt's not bad. Georgia is just stacked. Kentucky, not bad at all. They're producing a bunch of NFL guys. And Florida's just good. There's a chance, though. Stoops is good. Now, I'd rather have Mullen than Stoops, but I think Stoops is really good. I mean, he won 11 games in Kentucky a couple years ago. That's an incredible accomplishment. Kirby's solid, but he took over, you know, it has a little bit of a feel, a little different, like when Chip took over for Mike Bellotti at Oregon. You know, Kirby did not take over Vanderbilt, right? Kirby did not take over Oregon State. He took over Georgia. They had been in the SEC championship game five years ago before he took over. Now, he's done a really good job. They've been a consistent top 10. He's recruiting like a mofo. But I'd rather have, if you told me who would you want for the next five years, I'd probably lean Mullen. So you got the right coach. And if you got the right coach in football, you got a chance to win big. Since every team is settled at quarterback, apparently and most have very little cap space, would the Cowboys possibly negotiate a better deal with Dak if they just rescinded his franchise tag and have him negotiate in the market? It's funny. I tweeted this out last week. I said, why wouldn't the Cowboys rescind the franchise tag and just go, Dak, Here's your offer. Five years, $100 million, $25 million a year. Who is paying Dak Prescott money? And I got a bunch of people. The Colts. The Raiders. Have you Googled how much salary cap space these people have? The Colts are paying Phillip Rivers $25 million. That is not happening. The Jaguars are not signing Dak Prescott. John Gruden, they've already spent all their money. Where would Dak Prescott get $25 million, $30 million a year? Now, it's kind of a dick move, right? Uh, you don't treat your quarterbacks like that, but you could argue already when you're playing them along like this on the franchise tag, kind of shows you what you think of them. I, I, I would think about doing that, to be honest with you. I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Now, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to do that, but I, I, I wouldn't be critical of him if he did. I've been listening to podcasts and love your analysis. Do you think the Ravens can win 14 games again, given that they have the easiest schedule in the league? Uh, I would lean no. I, I mean, most times when you look at the Patriots run, most you, you win twelve, you go twelve and four, you have a really good team. Most teams don't go back to back fourteen wins, especially when they're predicated on running the football. Now, people have been asking me this: like, how much time do you spend in off in the off season preparing for your opponents? Well, most teams definitely prepare either for early opponents or their division. I would imagine Cleveland, I would imagine Pittsburgh, and I would imagine uh, the Bengals, maybe not the Bengals, but definitely Cleveland and Pittsburgh would be running looks in practice against the Ravens' offense. So they couldn't just run the option right through your, you know, till the cows come home and run for 300 yards on your ass. Now, because there's no offseason, all the coaches have probably put together the tape and the scouting reports but you're not able to rep it on the practice field. And then once training camp hits, you have so much else to accomplish, I don't know how much time you have. So maybe they'll be better, just as good early, but maybe it comes, slows down a little bit as the season goes on. I I would imagine, though, they're not going to be 14-2 and again. Even though the Chiefs managed to keep 20 of 22 starters at the Super Bowl, they don't have a perfect roster. Last year, I felt like they were exceptional feel like our exceptional safety play between Honey Badger and Thornhill covered up below average cornerbacks and slow linebackers. What do you think the Chiefs' biggest hole in their roster is and who could fix it? Well, it definitely was linebacker speed, and they drafted the guy at the end of the second round, Willie Gay Jr., 
who should immediately help that. And I think their corner play should be better this year in the scheme. After the schedule being released, what is your record prediction for the Chiefs? I feel like they have a team with a great existing chemistry, will be a huge advantage in our first part of the season, facing some of our more difficult opponents, which are early. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Chiefs win 12 or 13 games. I mean, I think they're going to be the cream of the crop in the AFC, and they're the clear team to beat, and I I like them more than Baltimore, regardless what happens week three. Do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, (laughs) I love Tampa, are getting a little too much hype? Tom Brady has not proven that he still has a top-end you're left in them, and the team has established losing culture for the last decades, thanks. Uh, I look at them differently just because they have an elite coach. And Bruce Arians, the moment he showed up with a joke franchise with the Arizona Cardinals, he started winning, and he started kicking everyone's ass. First year, when Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh had two teams that went to the NFC Championship, his team went 10-6. and six. He just belongs. When he shows up, he belongs. His quarterback threw 30 interceptions. 30 interceptions. And he won seven games. Think of what an accomplishment that was. If, if they could have just cut that to 25, they might have been 9-7. and seven. So I think his coaching staff's elite. I think Bruce Arians is elite. I, I think if Tom is just... If peak Tom Brady is 100%, like the great, the GOAT, the, you know, the guy that led the comeback against Atlanta, the guy that uh, you know, threw 500-plus yards against the Eagles, if that's 100, if he can just give Tampa 75 or 80, or Tampa... If he can give Tampa 75 to 80 of that, they'll be good enough. Because last year, Jim, Jameis was 50% of, percent of that. Like, Jameis was a train wreck. I made this account just to ask you a question. Which offense do you prefer? Peyton Manning with average receivers or Mr. Trubisky with Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Wes Welker? If you want someone on the slot, Adrian Peterson, all in their primes. Basically, how much do you think the receiver elevates a quarterback? So would I rather have Peyton Manning with average wide receivers? And when you think about it, he's never really had average wide receivers. Like, think of all the guys that he had in Indy, from Marvin to Reggie to Austin Colley to Dallas Clark, Edger and James, Adai. Like he, and then when he goes to Denver, they have Demarius Thomas. They got Julius Thomas. They signed Wes Welker. They got Emmanuel Sanders. He's always played with really, really good players. Now, would I take my chance with Mitch Trubisky, with Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Welker, Adrian Peterson? Yes, I I would probably do that. And if Mitch was just terrible, I would go to my backup. I I think it would be hard to suck with those guys. I mean, I I would probably do that. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I thought about that longer, that's the type of content I'm here for. Great question. Big Cowboys fan, looking for a Cowboys season prediction and specifically a CD prediction. Are we looking at the next Des? Thanks. Uh, I, I would say 10 and six and I would say CD catches 60 balls. It's hard for a rookie to have put up huge numbers, especially in an offense that's going to give the ball to Zeke a lot. That's also going to throw it to Amari and Gallup a lot. So they're, they do have a lot of offensive players, right? Amari is, since he's been in Dallas averaged, you know, a year and a half, you know, if you, if you put it out and really his entire career averaged around 75 catches a year and think about Amari's underachieved. Zeke gets a ton of touches. So if CD gets 120 targets, nah, that's probably too many. 100 targets, 60 catches, ratio seems a little crazy. Maybe less. I mean, I, I think it'll be hard to look up and see CD Lamb have 80, 90 catches. It just usually doesn't happen for a rookie. Last year, the number, and we had a good rookie receiving class, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel. I think the, the leading rookie receiver caught 58 balls. 
<clears throat> so I look at the Cowboys and the Eagles as playoff teams, just like this year. Uh, they both got injured, and the Cowboys lost a bunch of games, but they both those two teams should have been playoff teams. Uh, so I go, I go 10 and 6. Big swing games, though. The NFC East plays the NFC West. It'll actually be harder for Philly and Dallas because you don't just play the Niners in Seattle. You also play the Rams, who, I mean, the Rams don't suck, and Kyler Murray, who's just kind of little, I mean, I, he's a scary little guy to play. As a 2017 Texas Tech grad, I was lucky to get to watch Mahomes live his entire collegiate career. I remember being floored that the Bears passed on Watson and Mahomes for an unproven one-year starter. Do you think the Bears got cute trying to outsmart the league and screwed themselves, or do you think Trubisky pick was truly just a bad evaluation by the franchise? Well, at least you're admitting you're a little biased. I I, I think that taking Trubisky over Mahomes was not crazy at all. I actually think it was the right move at the time, in theory. Taking him over Watson's a little nuts. Because you basically are taking... we got two quarterbacks coming out of the ACC. One guy's been a multiple-year starter, been to multiple national championships, and just beat Alabama on a walk-off touchdown. And threw a combined, like, 900 yards in two games against Alabama in national championship games. The other guy was a one-year starter. So, I... <laughs> That, that one's hard. Now, Watson is a much better player than I thought he would be. You know, he doesn't have a great arm, but he's just, he's got it. He just, he just has it. You know, I, I, sometimes you just, like, I, Russell Wilson throws an elite deep ball. He has a powerful, powerful arm. Now, he has it qualities, but he actually, his physical tools are, he's very athletic. He can just throw ropes. Deshaun doesn't have a great arm. He just, he just got it. I don't really... You know, and that's, I, I, I can't totally hate. Uh, I mean, I, I, I understand it. You know, I, I mean, I would have taken Watson over Trubisky, but I, I also like kind of like Trubisky coming out. It looks terrible. There's no way around it. Looks terrible. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online 
and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What do you think the NFL moving to Christmas Day? Was there some sort of gentleman's agreement between the NBA and NFL that has been ignored? Personally, I love it and will become three games similar to Thanksgiving within five years. Yeah, there's no gentleman's agreement. I, I, I don't think the NFL cares at all about the NBA. Uh, they would take the every ounce of the NBA's revenue if they could. It's just a dog-eat-dog world, and I, I think the Roger Goodell and the league sees an opening. They, they see, a, they see a, a wounded animal, and they're, they're a lion on the prairie and they're going to eat. And if that animal can either find safety and somehow figure it out, but if they don't, the lion's going to eat them. And that lion is the NFL. And that little gazelle, uh, the NBA's not a little gazelle. It's a big gazelle, but it's limping right now. And that lion's coming after it. So we better find some safety faster. It's going to get eaten. With the last dance on, part of me wants to believe that MJ is the goat of all goats. Before this doc, it, it's always been Tom Brady, in my eyes. I just wanted your opinion. Love the show. 
I would say the biggest difference between Tom Brady and Michael is Tom was an underdog, right? He was pick 199. He was not a starter in college. Michael Jordan hit the game-winning shot of the national championship as a freshman at North Carolina. But, like, once they've got to the league, they are just relentless in their pursuit of greatness. And I think Tom could kind of be an asshole to guys just like Mike. But I also, you notice, like, most of the teammates love playing with Mike. Most guys love playing with Tom, even though he's on them hard. Now, there's an element in football where Belichick plays a role to stay on you, where it's a little different in basketball. Like, Michael was kind of the hard-ass. Phil was kind of balanced it. Uh, I, I would give the slight edge to Michael, but I think Tom is a close second. I, I, I would go, in my lifetime, Tiger, I would go Michael 1, Tiger 2, Tom 3, as just outlier, badass killers. I mean, just there to, on a different level, to dominate. And... I would. I, this doc has been great to Michael and the rep and solidified everything we think of it. I think Tom Brady, we've seen Tom, the guy's a nut. He eats avocado ice cream to try to stay skinny to play football. And I, I, I don't know, M- Michael smokes cigars and drinks alcohol. So, I don't, you know, Michael wasn't in the health kick, but he was into working out. So maybe you'd argue Tiger, or I mean, Tiger too, but Tom dedicated more of his life to basketball or to football than Ty- than uh Michael did to basketball. I got Tiger on, that's why I keep saying him on golf channel. It's like replaying some old PGA tour championship that he won in like ninety nine. But all those guys just Tom's probably the most extreme, e- even more than Tiger. You would say Michael's the least extreme. Now he worked out hard, but I, he wasn't like changing his diet. I mean Tom eats Tom basically eats like air. Like what is, how does Tom function? But he does. I mean, I, pliability, avocado ice cream, no tomatoes, uh, water. It's crazy, but it works. I mean, Tom's probably the most extreme with all that stuff. And he's playing the latest. I mean, golf, you can play forever. My, Michael was done playing it. He retired at 34. Now he came back for the Wizards, but it wasn't the same. He couldn't have kept winning championships at that age. It's pretty remarkable what Tom's done. Uh, I, they're all just in the, on the pantheon of, legendary goats appreciate everyone listening and uh have a great week and i will talk to you i'll talk to you friday peace adios godspeed Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.